Hi, I'm Aubrey. Thanks for joining the podcast for Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live or in person at 9 and 1030 in English or 1145 in Spanish. This year we'll also have three Christmas Eve services. We'll have two indoor at 2 and 3.30 and one outdoor at 5.30. We hope to see you soon. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. And welcome to this Advent season. Uh, It is so beautiful uh, to be with you. And it's beautiful to remember and celebrate Christ in this season. I don't know about you, I have, uh, we have some traditions in our home, um, new traditions too that are being formed, but we have one particular tradition that happens uh, every year in our home, and it involves kind of one night, Uh, typically, I mean, it's definitely dark, it's dark at like five o'clock now, so that's not hard, right? But uh, typically, uh, it's probably about the time, at least it used to be the time my kids should be in bed, they're getting older now and going to bed later, but about bedtime, and uh, we, we, instead of going to bed, Put everybody in the van, um, shoes are optional, pajamas are fine, whatever they're wearing, you know, put them in the van, and uh, we take a ride around town, and there's only three requirements for this trip. Uh, the first is some sort of cookies, and by this time, normally when we do it, we have plenty of Christmas cookies and stuff around the house, so we load those up in the van uh, much later than they should ever be consuming sweets, you know. Requirement uh, number two is hot cocoa hot chocolate passed around the van. Everybody gets a cup. Uh, Requirement number three of this trip, though, is Christmas lights. Uh, That's our goal. That's our mission as we set out um, later than they should be up, probably, but driving around town in order to see Christmas lights. And we've had a couple destinations over the year. Uh, One of the most disappointing years, we showed up to the destination that we thought would be so well lit up and nothing was there. So uh, we had to get a little creative that year. But literally, we spent about an hour just driving around, eating cookies, drinking hot chocolate, and enjoying Christmas lights. Um, You can't talk about Christmas without talking about light, right? Uh, We we love lights at Christmas. We light up everything, don't we? Our trees and our wreaths and our mantles and our candles and our tacky or tasteful decorations. I don't know what you have. Uh, Maybe everyone thinks theirs are tasteful, but I look at some and think there's no way they think that's tasteful, right? Uh, But we love our lights at Christmas time. And so this Advent season, we're going to lean into this idea about the light of Christmas, We're calling our series throughout uh, December Christmas Light. Christmas Light. And really, here's what we want to do throughout this series. We want to talk about, we want to talk about both the reality and the metaphor of light in the story of God. We believe both are important. As you read this story and understand the story, you encounter light, like actual light, physical light, real light but also this powerful metaphor of light throughout the story of God. Uh, We want to understand biblically, what does it mean? What does it represent? Uh, How is God connected to this? And most specifically, what in the world does this have to do with Christmas? Maybe most important of all, what does it mean for us today in 2020 and how we live? This is our series, Christmas Light. Uh, Generations before the first Christmas were to ever happen, inconceivable for us. We get to celebrate Christmas every year, right? Our biggest debate is, are you going to you gonna wait till thanks, after Thanksgiving to decorate or before? Some of you like on Halloween, I don't know, whenever, but that's our big debate. But because we get Christmas year after year after year, but remember there was a day 
Christmas hadn't happened yet. And specifically, specifically, uh, hundreds of years before the first Christmas ever occurred, the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah would write uh, these words. And Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, if you study it, it's really about the judgment and salvation of God. That sounds like two very opposite uh, extremes, but that's what uh, the uh, prophet Isaiah speaks of. Uh, and specifically in Isaiah chapter 9, we read um, what we call a prophecy, a messianic prophecy. As far as we know, there's about 50 different instances throughout the story of God before Jesus shows up. You know, Christmas happens like back here in my Bible, but there's all of this up here. And specifically, there's at least 50 different times before Christmas happens that the birth of Jesus is prophesied. And so we call those messianic prophecies. And we're about to read here in Isaiah chapter 9, one of the most well-known messianic prophecies, Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, read it with me. It's on the screen. It says this, uh, Nevertheless, this is Isaiah 9, verse 1, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of uh, Zebulun and Naphtali. We'll get back to those in a minute. Those are geographic locations that are actually important. We'll come back to that. He humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. And then verse 2 of chapter 9 says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. I want you to pause for a minute and look at this word, light. Of course, we read it and it's light, but in Hebrew, which is what uh, Isaiah chapter 9 would have been written in originally, it's translated into English for us, but in Hebrew, uh, this word right here is the, the Hebrew word or. Now, uh, if in your valley accent, you may say or, but that's not really it because it's, it's O-W-R is the Hebrew word for light. And that word or, right, that's, that's exactly what uh, the, the prophet is pointing to, that the people walking in darkness have seen a great or on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. This prophecy foretells of the coming of Christ. Hundreds, hundreds of years before a baby in a manger. Specifically, what does this prophecy tell us? That there will be no more gloom. Again, Isaiah, Isaiah the book of Isaiah is, is heavy words about judgment, but yet salvation. And so here we see, there is a day coming. There will be no more gloom. The people of God will be honored. Those walking in darkness will see, oh, specifically, they'll see a great light. In a new era will arrive in the form of light dawning on the earth. This is a beautiful moment. This is a beautiful moment. If you lean into this moment, these are words are spoken in very difficult days, very dark days, days where there doesn't seem to be much hope on the horizon of a Messiah, of a Savior. Really to grasp the importance of Isaiah chapter 9, we have to go all the way back to the beginning. We have to go all the way back to the beginning. As we are seeking to build a foundation of Christmas light, we really have to go back to the very beginning of the story, and that's creation. Creation in Genesis chapter 1. If you're not familiar, uh, Genesis, the beginning of your Bible, begins in chapter 1 with the creation account. God creates, and this is what it says here in Genesis chapter 1. It says this, in the beginning, 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And don't miss this, Genesis 1 verse 3. God said, let there be light. In case you're wondering, in case you're wondering, you know what the Hebrew word is here? Or. It's the same word, same word uh, the the prophet Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 9. But God says in verse 3, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. The first day, you see, light is central. It's central in God's economy. Starting with this creation account, the first day. That's what we see in in Genesis chapter 1. And and understand, this is so important. If you look in Genesis chapter 1, understand the first thing we ever read God saying. Now that's important because God has spoken a lot of stuff through his word, right? And God is continuing to speak today. We believe that. But the first ever recorded word that God spoke was, let there be light. Let there be light. We learn from the beginning this light is important, right? It's special. Uh, we know, we have the luxury of light, right? But imagine, imagine living in nothing but darkness. Imagine as the world existed, it was just darkness. And suddenly, God the creator, his first words uh, of creation, let there be light. And notice now, everything else in creation stems from that original creation of light. Everything else in the story, keep going in Genesis and all the creation and then the account of God's people, it all stems and begins in this moment of God creating light. There's a few things uh, that, that we can learn, that we can understand as we try to build a foundation of what is, what is this light all about? What does it mean to God? Why is it important to us? And we, we can understand it from Genesis chapter 1, but we can also understand it as we read through the scriptures. And so to save us a few hours today, uh, which would be riveting, of course, of studying and reflecting and, and diving into different scriptures, I want to pause for a minute and recognize two things. First, number one, understand this, that light is good. We know, we know from the Bible that light is good. We just read it. We just understood it. That God literally said, let there be light. And he called it good. This light was good. It's the first of the creator's works, showing the work of the divine in a world that is chaos without it. A world without light is chaos. But because of this light, we know light is good. Most specifically, as we journey throughout Scripture, we understand uh, that light symbolizes life. So it's not just that light is good, but it symbolizes, it's a powerful symbol throughout Scripture of life. Consider, consider the psalmist in, in Psalm 56. He says it this way, you, God, you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from stumbling so I could walk in your presence in the light of life. Light is a, is a powerful metaphor that we see time and time again in Scripture of, of life, of life. Not only that, but we see that light 
It also symbolizes truth. Truth, right? It encompasses all that is pure and good and holy and right. Remember the scripture, the psalmist said it this way, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This idea of light, it's good because it symbolizes life for us and truth throughout the story of God. This idea of light comes back time and time again. But next, it's not just that light is good. Next, understand this, that God is light. That God is light. God himself. First uh, John 1 says it this way. God is light. And there isn't any darkness in him. To know him is to know that he is light. He is light. The the psalmist again says it this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? So as we understand this idea of God being light, we also understand that there is uh, this idea that we are to light the world. Because God is light, we, his people, are to light the world. We have a responsibility. There's a job, a task that we have as believers in Christ to reflect, to shine this light. That's why Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 5, you are the light of the world. The Apostle Paul would write it this way in Ephesians 5, the Lord has filled you with light, live as children of the light. Live as children who reflect the light. Why? Because God is light, and if we are his children, we are light to the world. Finally, finally, This is a good part. God is light, but we see that there is light yet to come. In Revelation 22, uh, we just a few weeks ago studied a little bit of this passage and kind of this vision of a new heaven and a new earth. But in Revelation 22, we're given this vision, this glimpse, and we're told and we're promised that in that moment when it's all said and done and when the story comes to conclusion, we're promised that at that moment, Revelation 22 says, there will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of a sun, for the Lord God will give them light. We're we're, we're promised that in the end, and that should matter to us, that as we're given this glimpse and this promise, this hope of, of what is yet to come, again, the powerful metaphor of light is present even in that moment. There's a light yet to come. And so, with all of that said, And with so much more, uh, if you can dive into your your scripture, you can see this powerful analogy, symbol of light throughout scripture. With that, we come to Matthew chapter 4. With that, we come to Advent week 1. With that, we come to the life, the ministry of Jesus. So if you have your copy of scripture, I know we've been all over the place so far, but would you dive in for just a minute to Matthew chapter 4, uh, your version Bible app. We've got events set up there. Many of the scriptures that we've been using already are in that. Uh, you can follow along there. But I, I just want to, for a minute, I want to dive in to Matthew 4 chapter 12. And everything that we've looked at so far, everything I've shared, I think is a good foundation for what's going to happen in just in these brief verses of Matthew chapter 4. What's happening in Matthew chapter 4? Jesus is beginning his ministry. Jesus is beginning. uh, Matthew 1 and 2, there's some of the good uh, Christmas account, the narrative. We'll get to that. That's coming. But we're going to start here in Matthew 4. And and so far, uh, Jesus is just now beginning his ministry. In fact, in my In my copy of scripture where we're reading today, we're going to be in verse 12 of Matthew 4. And it's titled, Jesus Begins to Preach. 
So this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And there's some important stuff here that maybe, if you're not familiar with Isaiah chapter 9, and maybe if you're not leaning in to this kind of grand understanding of light in the story of God, you might miss it. This might just seem like some footnotes as you get on to the more important parts of the gospel. But for us, this is essential. So we're in Matthew 4, verse 12. It says this, Now when Jesus heard that John, who was John? John the Baptist. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus in his ministry. So we begin by Jesus hears that John has been in prison. So it says he withdrew to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. That should sound familiar to us, shouldn't it? In Isaiah chapter 9, right? So Jesus withdraws. He goes to this area uh, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. And then Matthew quotes the exact scripture that we already read, the messianic prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land, of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And then don't miss this in verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We are blessed to have four gospel accounts in the New Testament. And what's specific to Matthew's account is Matthew uh, has a very Jewish audience in mind as he's writing. He's specifically writing, focusing on Jews, and they're trying to reconcile this understanding of who Jesus was in light of the Judaism that they've grown up with and has been a part of their lives. And so Matthew is specifically recording this account, and he knows who his audience is. So I think it's significant to us that here, any good Jew would know as they're reading this that uh, the especially when they get to the part of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what the prophet, every good Jew would know, oh yes, the Messianic prophecy. But because Matthew wants to make sure that no one misses it, because he wants to make sure no one just glances over this moment, he pauses and what does he do? He actually inserts Isaiah chapter 9 right here in the middle of the story because he wants to make sure, no matter who his audience is, that they get and understand that this is an important moment, that this is a moment connected to other moments in the story. He doesn't want us to miss it. And so now, without a doubt, the audience reading this gospel account would understand the connection between Jesus and those words spoken many, many years ago, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. More specifically, any good Jew would have also read this and understand there's a parallel here. There's a parallel between this light dawning and the original Genesis chapter 1 light dawning. It's almost like a recreation, right? right? Any good Jew would have known back to the beginning of Genesis 1 as God said, let there be light, that that moment parallels as this moment, a new creation, right, is being formed as Jesus comes and he uh, fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9, a light is dawning. And even then, in case we would miss it, Jesus doubles down, right? This is what he says in verse 17. The kingdom of heaven has come near. 
the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that you read about, that you dreamed about, that you prayed about, that you prophesied about, it has come. Not just it has come, it has come near to you. And that's the best news of all of this story. That's the best news of all of the Advent story. You see, what is most beautiful, it's not just that this is a neat story. Oh, look, light. Light is pretty and good and holy and wonderful and and all in my Bible verses. Wonderful. No, that's not it. And it's not just that, oh, look, God is light and now Jesus is light. Isn't that cool? Um, That's not it. See, the most beautiful part about this story is that we are not just observers in this story. We are not just bystanders in this story, that this is our story that when we claim to know Christ and be in Christ this salvation account in this now Jesus coming here in the advent story this is our story this is our story and Jesus speaks these words about the kingdom of heaven coming near we understand we understand that this is personal the god of the universe the one who created light who formed it all he has now come near to his people Jesus said the kingdom of God has come near to you. He has come near to you. God is not distant. Maybe it feels that way to you today. God is not far off. Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? He has come near. And now you and I are participants in the story of God. We read the prophecy in Isaiah. We read Matthew's words, and it's easy to just to read this and say, yes, a light has dawned, but really, really, you and I, those who believe and bear the name of Christ, we read these words, and we don't just say, ooh, a light has dawned. We read these words and say, our light has dawned, because the kingdom of God has come near to me, to us. This is our light. You you see, this is what I want you to know. Uh, The bottom line for us is Jesus didn't just come to be the light. He came to be your light, my light. This is a personal story. And it's big, right? It's it's bigger than I... Hundreds and thousands of years and prophecies and things being foretold and a baby in the manger and a savior of the world. Sometimes it's easy for that to get so big into our minds and for us to just become spectators in the story yet again. Another year goes by. We read the story. Uh, Isn't that nice? But see, when Jesus declares that the kingdom of heaven has come near to you, he was declaring something emphatically that he came to be not just the light, but, but your light. In my light. And maybe in Christmas 2020, it's the greatest opportunity we've ever had. Because we've had a year filled with some dark moments, haven't we? Maybe today, I don't want to talk you into it, you know, but maybe today you, you feel some darkness in your heart, in your world, in your circumstances, and the things going on around you. Maybe, maybe right now your world feels really dark. Maybe. Christmas 2020 is the greatest opportunity we've ever had for the light of the world to become light of my life, my world. More than ever, we realize maybe how much we need light, how dark darkness can feel. We recognize our need, and today maybe is an opportunity for us to celebrate 
the light has come. My light has come. Out of any darkness today that you can think of in your life. And that's a big statement because there might be some real darkness today represented in our hearts. Those of you watching online today, you might have some real darkness present today in your soul and in your spirit. You may look around at circumstances around you and feel like, how does it get much darker than this? I don't know where you're at today. But out of any darkness that you can think of in your life, your light has dawned. And it started glowing in a manger so many years ago didn't just come to be the light he came to be our light individually as we prepare to close in just a minute i love uh these words by eugene peterson great author a preacher um wrote the message paraphrase of the gospel but he says this about christmas i thought he says it really well he says this the splendors of creation in the agonies of redemption combine in christmas This center where God in Christ invades existence with redeeming light and decisively defeats evil. I love that. The splendors of creation, the agonies of redemption combined in Christmas. That's that's what Christmas is for us. It's the beauty, the splendor of his creation. The light of the world showed up. The one that was promised For generations and generations, he came. It wasn't just a promise. It wasn't just these messianic prophecies floating out there that wanted, no, no, no. Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. And so we celebrate the splendor of creation in Jesus. But we also recognize the agony of redemption. That Jesus, Jesus cost the Father everything. His only son came, came to be our savior as we close today i had a friend remind me this morning of this point i thought this was so good that you know for generations the israelites longed for a messiah they longed for a messiah who would deliver them from their enemies but god had something even greater in mind he gave them a savior who would save all people from all their sins He wasn't just interested in a Messiah to deliver them from their enemies. He was interested in a Savior of all people from all their sins. So maybe today, in the midst of the darkness around you, in the midst of hopelessness in your life, in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of some questions and uncertainty that you might be facing today, maybe Jesus wants to come and be your light and maybe he wants to fulfill no exceed your wildest dreams your wildest expectations that maybe you're praying today and hoping and believing and trusting for something but maybe the god of the universe has something even greater in mind and if there's anything we can learn from the christmas story it's that god's his plan his vision is way bigger than we ever imagined it's often not according to our plans It's not often according to how we thought it should go. But he has come, the light of the world. Can I pray for you today? Father, creator, the one who formed light, the one who spoke light into existence and declared that it is good today. We pray to you. 
we pray to you, the one who is not just the creator of light, but who is our creator. Today we, we come to you and we ask you to seek us, to know our hearts, God, to search our, our thoughts and our minds. And today, God, in the midst of some of us might feel some darkness in our hearts and in our world. Some of us may feel some hopelessness creeping in around us. Some of us may be overwhelmed or discouraged today. I pray that we would know a light has dawned. Our light has dawned. It's Jesus. And as we reflect on this season, on the light, on your light, I pray that we would understand that your kingdom has come near. You are Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And you have come, not just to be the light of the world, but to be our light right here in the midst of our circumstances, right where we are. So we welcome you today, Jesus, light of the world. Thank you again for listening today. If you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at As soon as you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.